on a brand new Josh Nason's Punch Out. I continue my look back at the year that was 2023 in the world of pro wrestling with a stop in November. Yeah, we're almost done. My voice can barely keep up, as you might be able to hear, thanks to a cold. But we're back with myself and Scott Edwards from Fightful, Voice of Wrestling, all kinds of other places as well. He does a ton of podcasts and the Japanese wrestling scene. And he's here for the very first time to talk about November, which included, of course, the return of CM Punk to WWE after 10 years away. Very surprised appearance, of course. At the end of Survivor Series, we chatted about that. Of course, Randy Orton came back at that show. Company held two PLEs during the month. Going all the details, AEW, on the other side of the fence, had full gear in Los Angeles, California. Had a couple title changes there. And a very controversial show-long storyline. We chat about that. The announcement of the Continental Classic and why we think it's so great. And also NXT and WWE, I guess. You signed a five-year deal with the CW for NXT to head over there. We chat about that. And, of course, we talked the month in Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and everything else that included, unfortunately, Tammy Sitch and her latest situation getting sentenced to 17 years on DUI and manslaughter charges. We chat about that and everything else that happened in November. You may think, oh, why would I want to listen to this? This happened just last month. I remember everything. I bet you don't. And that's why you should check this out. I should uh, also note, I apologize for how my microphone sound on this episode. It just didn't sound as great. And key for future podcasters, always remember to plug in and plug out your microphone uh, every time you record or else you could get a little bit of interference. So I cleaned it up. Sounds okay, but not as good as I like. But just want to point that out. So let's get right to it. Myself and Scott Edwards talking about November in the year of pro wrestling 2023. Let's go. Well, the year interview series and pro wrestling rolls on. We're almost done. November, hard to believe, just uh, last month as we uh, as we record this. And now we have a brand new guest this time. Very happy to have him, Scott Edwards. Scott E. Wrestling, you may know him as. He does some work for Fightful, Voices of Wrestling. Let's see, if I have all these wrestle purists, fight game media, count out pod, wrestling, most coming stardom and the Yoshi scene and probably some stuff I'm leaving out. Scott, welcome. What else did I miss? Uh, you did pretty good. That You did better than I usually do at naming all the things that I do. I usually like, hey, you know, I I do stuff. <laughs> I do stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, but thank you for uh, having me on here. Very excited to talk about what was a action-packed November. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I should mention a fellow New Englander. So it's always yes. going to be a good show, guaranteed. As, Absolutely. Uh, as people listening to this that don't live, live in, don't live in New England understand. <laughs> city, city of champions once city of champions region of champions we'll get there again yeah. mm-hmm. T- tough with our red Sox and yeah, tough. patriots mm-hmm. and all that Very stuff tough. but yeah we <laughs> we soldier on we soldier on um, we sure do yeah so uh what, before, we, uh before we start though so how did you where was your kind of your your inroads into wrestling for those that may not be familiar with you or may know you just a little bit yeah so um i'm 24 years old so my inroads was SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Yes. <laughs> that I, I rented. That. I hear that a I, lot in video games. Yeah. Yeah. That I rented at a video store. Uh, imagine my surprise when I learned that those people were real. <laughs> <laughs> when I, and then, you know, I've, I've been locked in ever since WWE's, uh, I feel like is the 
pathway for a lot of fans, and it absolutely was for me. I've watched WWE ever since. I still follow it. I still, and you know, it's nice to see them get hot again because you know, if you've been a WWE fan for the past decade, there were some bumpy roads, huh? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I appreciate all this other wrestling as much too, because you know, it made them get hot, but yeah, that's how I got into it. And obviously like you said, I cover stardom and Joshi a lot now, but I, I cover, I, I cover and talk about everything because you know, I just, I just love this stuff. Yeah. It's good. Perfect. So, all right. So we'll get into it. So in November, we're, uh, we'll, we'll start off with a story that affected both organizations in a way, but primarily the uh, former World Wrestling Federation. That being CM Punk making his return to WWE after ten years. That's a complete surprise because the you know all the reporting leading up to this was that Punk was uh, and WWE didn't really have a lot of interest in Punk, and that uh, you know it was just kind of one of those things didn't seem it was going to happen. You know, and it made sense at the time given how his exit from the W happened, given that WWE's you know obviously on the super hot streak and. Would they want to add a potential, you know, malcontent, potential issues? Would Punk even really want to go back there, given all the history? And lo and behold, he did come back. Right as the closing, uh, you know, the credit, so to speak, ended right at the end of Survivor Series. It was a big surprise, which I I love. I said that in a, um, a previous episode that I love that nobody had this because it's fun as wrestling yeah. fans to be surprised like this and that level. Mm. And he came out. It was just one of those things where even when his music hit, I still were just like, there's no way. Like, there's something like, some some kind of something going on here. But no, it was him. And yeah, he came out. And uh, yeah, so afterwards, you know, we didn't hear from Punk right away. Uh, afterwards at the press conference, Triple H saying the return came back super quick. What the reports were is that, you know, it was 10 days prior uh, when this came together. Whether or not you believe the timeline or not, whether or not they started talking right after September, who knows. Uh, it was a, a deal done by Levesque and uh, Nick Khan, and that the TKO officials really weren't involved in it that much, if, if any. Um, Sam Punk and uh, Randy Orton appearances. Randy Orton, we'll talk about him in a minute, because he made his return at the show. Kind of got overshadowed a bit, but uh, it, he were going to be appearing Raw the following Monday. Uh, Seth Rollins, if you remember, was you know getting pulled back, you know, swearing at, at Punk from the, from the top of the entranceway and all that. And uh, at a live event, he you know addressed Sam Punk's return again, kind of Make it seem like he didn't. He was shooting. He was shooting, brother. He didn't want him there. But uh, <laughs> that was part of a whole kind of angle. Uh, Tony Khan uh, at a uh, all-in interview uh, was asked about CM Punk and wasn't asked in a real kind of a baity way, but just as asked about because it it's a huge story. And he said that he didn't feel it was the time or the place to talk about. It. He legally couldn't talk about CM Punk's return to WWE, which I, I just I'd still kind of find interesting. That you just kind of say if he's happy, I'm happy, that type of thing, and you know, we'll kind of focus, but still just. The fact when he says he can't talk about something makes it more of a story than if he did say something nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then Punk had the Raw promo uh, that Monday, and and I didn't love the promo that much. It was just kind of, to me, just kind of boring. But the big thing was I'm home. Uh, I was a very uh, happy CM Punk, which we're not used to seeing and everything. Uh, we learned afterwards that, you know, no big surprise here. But at some point, the company is going to do Punk versus Roman Reigns. I think everyone kind of knows that's going to happen. And later we learned that Brian Danielson led the uh, AEW committee, three-person committee, that made the CM Punk firing decision. So we had CM Punk back. We're about a month into it. As we record this, he just has first match officially back last night in uh, New York City at Madison Square Garden with uh, all black tights because he apparently the tights he's wearing didn't fit right or the special ones he wore for MSG didn't fit right. So, yeah, he's got uh, 
and the All Blacks. But uh, yeah, so this was, I mean, this is a huge story. I think the whole punk saga throughout the year, I think, is probably my number two or number three biggest story of the year um, in all of wrestling, just because it took up so much space from the start of the year all the way through where we are now. But tell me, you know, what your thoughts when you saw Punk come back and kind of where you're at uh, a month a month later after we've seen some some of the developments. Jaw dropped absolutely just you know it's one of those things where you you're reminded in wrestling to never say never right everyone says it uh dave melcher says it all the time especially with the punk stuff he said well you never you know it could happen it would just be a great kept secret and i remember the day that he left wwe i remember you know the news that was coming out of that you know you know punk walked out and the months that followed that, right, is like every, when they showed up in Chicago, it's like, oh, this is when he comes back. This is, you know, this is when he's going to show up. I remember Paul Heyman coming out to his music and then cutting a promo. And then that was the last time we ever really acknowledged CM Punk in WWE in any form. Um, so the fact that no one had it, like you said, right, no one had the, the uh, had that Punk was going to be at this show. And, you know, Triple H has really nailed the production of let's show the show ending credits and then hit the big surprise. That was his NXT uh, special in many ways that I always loved. And I remember when it was going off, it was like, yeah, babyface happy ending. Like Randy had the big return. The crowd went crazy. I think they could, you know, perfectly end the show and everyone will be happy. And then when that music hit, it's just like. It, it was almost like you just like reminded of all the great things that he has done. Cause I think a lot of times with punk now people do think of the bad, right? They think of brawl out and, and the AEW stuff that has really taken over the storylines for the past two years, even right. Going back to last year and all that has come out about that. And you just kind of like, I think that was like the first time in a while you could just sit there and appreciate it mm-hmm. like truly like him having that moment and wwe having that moment and ever since then i'm with you on his first promo i thought it was very empty in many ways right you i think a lot of people were looking for and we've learned since that you know we can't talk about it but everyone was looking for either a, you know some snipes at AEW and tony khan and so on and so forth and instead he was just like i'm home and i was like Man, I I don't know if I am fully believing that one, but okay, okay. And, you know, it got better. It got better as time went on. His segments got better. Uh, The the promo on SmackDown was better. You know, he had a little bit of – he started to give a little – snipes mm-hmm. here and there right oh who would who would you can't be fighting in the back you know? that, that nobody reacted to right it was right. kind of just things like people like what like they didn't even get that's <laughs> a weird thing right like nobody's like oh yeah. whatever yeah that that i learned that that uh was probably very true because remember uh at the msg show that he just had people said you still got it as if you know he didn't <laughs> wrestle three months ago <laughs> i know right um so maybe those are the same you know fans that were like oh okay um, and then, you know, he's setting up this thing with Seth Rollins. And I think that's exciting. I think, you know, going into WrestleMania, WWE didn't need CM Punk, right? They're doing great business. They're doing uh, all-time numbers at pretty much every event, I feel like, that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But they can have CM Punk. 
fans and the fans wanted CM Punk, right? Triple H said it wasn't something we were going to do unless they want it. That, that was the one rumor I think that came out really that was like ultimately truthful is like they aren't looking to get Punk, but if the fans want it, they'll do it. And that's ultimately what it looked like happened. And there's still a lot of ways to go here with Punk and what he ultimately does. And, you know, I've seen people say, oh, how long is it going to last? If he, if he's doing this, you know, part-time-ish schedule and he's not on the road every week, maybe that's the best uh, atmosphere for him. Sure. Yeah, part of it, I, and I haven't got my head around, um, again, is he's so, he seems just so happy and, like, <laughs> part of the gang. And this is, it, it, and for those that lived through the, when he left and the 10 mm-hmm. years after of just. He's not happy. I mean, he got fired on his wedding day by this company and he came back. Right. It just, and yeah. it's a, I'm home. And, and one of the guys that's there that did, was part of this whole thing, Paul Levesque was one of the guys and shouldn't bring it back. And it is, uh, I don't know. There's just, there's something that just feels strange about it to me. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's this, you know, grand setup for some sort of turn or something like that. We're just like, yeah, I thought I was so happy. And now I have your belt, you know, something kind of fun like that. Who knows down the road. I don't, there's just something about it that seems, very odd this guy so you know the counterculture type the guy that did you know the pipe bomb promo and um the guy that we kind of know is just this uh the guy that made him so big this alternate uh alternative star so to speak he finally yeah. came back after eight years to AEW and was such a huge thing and then uh he's just back and part of the gang and happy to be there and he wants to take over for Shawn michaels nxt one day it's just like i it's there's 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 a gap I, I somehow need to fill in of like what mm-hmm. what changed what happened what re- you know what changed during that time uh, after brawl out you know was it something along those lines yeah. like I mean two months ago uh, two months be- before he got hired by WWE he uh, you know he supposedly lunged at he got so irate backstage at a major pay per view in front of you know almost eighty thousand people and he got so upset that he lost his mind um, and lunged poorly at the head of the company mm-hmm. minutes before he was set to go out and compete and you're going to be in that zone that's it and now he's happy go lucky there's something about yeah. just like everyone, a lot of people kind of like, oh yeah it's it was just aw now it's, it's so much different there's but that there's something there though right i don't that's yeah. why I, I can't what changed and and what who who are we looking at right now i, I don't know i don't know yeah we got we got from point a to point b but we don't know how yeah <laughs> right there's something in the middle that's like what what happened and maybe it's as simple as this is his last chance right mm-hmm. like rollins talked about that in his promo like i know this is your last shot and there's some truth to that right AEW's not bringing him back uh he's not going to go to a company that's not going to pay him tons of money i'm guessing right just based off of you know how he's worked that's how he came back to AEW. um you know, he has always been someone that's a business guy first, and maybe that's why he's happy. Maybe the paychecks are so nice that uh, how's it? How can you not be happy? Sure. Um, but him going to NXT was like the ultimate. Like, all right, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like he's on Takeover and like all these things. I was like, I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, him and Triple H getting back along because I, I remember you know, way back, you know, a decade ago when that was one of the key problems. Like, him and Triple H did not see eye to eye, and I did not mean to do that. (laughs) Um, uh, And I think when it comes to 
punk, it's almost like you just have to like, you know, stay back a little bit because you just you just don't know what's going to happen next. But for now, I guess it's okay that he's all happy and sure. lucky. But I don't know. I I feel like there's just like there's gonna be that moment where it all changes. But hey, we'll see. never know. We'll see. So the rest of Survivor Series, over 17,000 in the All-State Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Randy Orton, as I mentioned earlier, returned on the show after a long, long, long injury absence due to uh, due to back injury and had surgery. And at one point wasn't sure if he was going to come back, but uh, he did come back. He was part of the men's War Games match. It was some intrigue, of course. He was uh, the last man in the men's match. Took a long time for him to get out. Uh, Dragon Lee uh, randomly replaced Carlito on the show against uh, Santos Escobar and still, you know, managed to lose. And seven or so minutes was just kind of random how they how they did that. There's a report <laughs> that uh, Stephanie McMahon uh, was backstage, wasn't shown on TV or anything like that, but she was back, which was very interesting. Her first time back since uh, all that stuff went down with uh, her leaving the company. Our Truth, probably the biggest name making his return on this show, mm-hmm. as that uh, Triple H joked about afterward. And then uh, yeah, Team Bianca won. Uh, the women's war game match, Team Cody, of course, winning the men's war games match, and that led to uh, Punk appearing afterwards. But yeah, overall, I mean, a pretty entertaining show. And but you know, the thing that people are talking about the most is Punk. But any other things that stuck out about Survivor Series to you? My remembering how over Randy was mm. when he had to leave, right? Like the RK Bro team brought him to like. I feel like another like an extra level of over with the fans. Like he's, he's Randy Orton. He's always been over. He's always been loved, but we've gone to the point in his career where people just want to cheer for him. Right. I think a lot of us agree. Randy's best as a heel. Like that's just his best. That's always been his best characterization. Like, you know, you saw that uh, back when he was in his, you know, heyday per se, but we've gone to this point where people just want to cheer for Randy Orton. And I think his pop and him coming out there right after the way they built it up in that Survivor Series match was so unique, but it worked so well. He he went in there, he hit all his big moves, and he sent home the crowd happy. He hit the big RKO off uh, Shady McDonough from the top, and it's just rem- it's just remembering like what WWE has been able to do without him in the picture, and now that again they get another big name, another big player back into their deck of cards that they can just they could just send all these people out for yeah. these big matches it's like man that where was this like you know a few years ago i just <laughs> i just feel like they're they're hitting all cylinders and that was like the main thing that really hit for me just where randy is now that he's kind of in the he's in the legend status now even though he's like 42 <laughs> right he's still like got many a lot of years left if he wants it but i thought that was uh very notable from that show I agree. Now, of course, we had Crown Jewel, less notable uh, other than the big paycheck WB gets from it. Sami Zayn making his first appearance in Saudi Arabia. I believe it was his first ever appearance. Uh, stole Damian Priest's money in the bank briefcase. Solo Sokoa in a match just destroying John Cena. And Logan Paul won the United States title and ended up saving Rey Mysterio's life, basically, but on a, on a dive off the ropes and basically had the wherewithal to grab him so his head didn't go straight into the mat. Is crazy when you think you know Logan Paul has had, I think one one millionth of the amount of matches that Ray has had in his career, <laughs> and we still had just the the capability to grab him and save him. As uh, 
Logan Paul's a fine man. Say whatever you want about him. He is a real find for WWE, and he just uh, continues to get better. Uh, Kyrie Sane made her return to WWE on this uh, card and part of damage control. And then Roman Reigns in the main event uh, retaining the universal title over LA Knight. Yeah, this was um, I did, I, pun not full. I, pun, I didn't mean to say, yeah, like LA Knight after <laughs> you said that. But yeah, this was, uh, you know, this was a show. Obviously, not as big as Survivor Series, but I was, you know, Logan Paul winning the title, which uh, the U.S. title, which a lot of people expected. You know, I don't think many people expected uh, L.A. Knight to win the uh, the Universal title here, but you know, he finally got his opportunity, and it was a long match. It wasn't like a you know standout match, but it was you know the the usual stuff you expect with shenanigans yeah. near the end and all yeah. that as well. But yeah, this was this was a show in Saudi Arabia, and. Uh, you know, again, much different than the shows before in Saudi, which weren't really in canon. You know what I mean? They had like, you know, the Undertaker yeah. and Kane. They're kind of like this alternate WWE universe, <laughs> right? And then, uh, but yeah, now that the yeah, they're kind of like they're part of storylines now. It's kind of made them more relevant. But yeah, yeah, compared to Survivor Series, just didn't even hold a candle to it in terms of news and relevancy. No, no, it did not. Um, I'm still a little shocked they gave LA Knight his big match here. Uh, but just because of how over he is with crowds in the U.S., especially, like I feel like they would have wanted to give him that. Sure, like that that moment, whether it be Chicago or elsewhere. You know, I understand not doing it in Survivor Series based off of the War Games matches and everything they had planned for that show. Uh, but that was a little bit shocking to me. And then um, also having Kyrie return on that show, I felt was really weird because like Kyrie saying is someone that I think a lot of fans in the u.s at least like per se and like i remember the reaction of her showing up was non-existent on that show like the crowd was like all right cool uh (laughs) you know there was no pop or anything there was no reaction i just think they they pick their spots sometimes a little bit weird like i understood why they did it It was to get eo by bianca but i don't know i think i would have you couldn't save that because of where it was going, which was war games, but yeah, I would have preferred to see her come back in a different light. All right, a lot of other WWE news. We'll go over this uh, first chunk. I'll kick it over to you to chat about anything that stuck out to you. Uh, Triple H said that Jade Cargill's development, quote unquote, was limited, and addressed her WWE status, basically saying, you know, she'll she'll appear when she's ready. Uh, Eric of the Viking Raiders was recovering following successful neck fusion surgery. Hulu revealed that Love and WWE Bianca and Montez over the Real-life romance for Bianca Belair and Montez Ford would rally series kicking off in February. Uh, Fox CEO, one of the Murdoch boys, told uh, was on a conference call, I believe an investor's call, said the reason they didn't want to renew SmackDown was that we're not hitting the advertising numbers due to the audience of WWE for a return investment to be above the levels that we would accept. Essentially saying advertising, we need to be higher, and they weren't, so we dropped them. Uh, Dragon Lee signed a new main roster contract. AJ Styles was expected back in WWE soon. And Dana White from UFC Head said that uh, Vince McMahon nixed the past UFC deal with NBC and credited Vince McMahon for helping him with the UFC deal with Saudi Arabia. I include the that in there because it just goes to show how much different TV rights are today than they were when this UFC deal was going down. Like, I think it was... Seven oh, 2011, I believe. I wrote the story. I should know this. Um, but now there'd be zero chance that you know Vince McMahon would have this much say if you're trying to get TV rights. You know that yeah. you leave this one guy, but you tell us, right? And, and it's crazy <laughs> how it was then compared to how it is now. Uh, Vince McMahon, big news is selling approximately 30 percent 
uh, this TKO stock. It was all this question. Oh, is he leaving? Is he going to do this or that? And no, he just wants, wants a whole bunch of money in the bank. <laughs> that's what he got <laughs> with a whole bunch of money still left over a uh, new lawsuit alleged that McMahon and the WA board rushed a quote unquote sham sale process and uh, avoiding uh, or not even listening to other bids yeah, could have had more money for the company we'll see where that turns out Gunter not allowed to leave the country for six months due to residency regulations Logan Paul a few notes on him uh, said the training at the performance center might be something I have to do he also attended UFC 295 and shout out Dominic Mysterio on screen as he funny. did Logan Paul was announced for the uh, Elimination Chamber in uh, Australia for uh, February. Report came out that WB is interested in signing Julia, the current WB women's or strong women's champion, and that there was no tryout planned for her. So we'll see where that turns out. Creed Brothers and Ivy Now were called up to the rain, main roster heading to Raw. TKO held their first, uh, or first uh, official investors call. It was kind of boring. Uh, they talked about the NXT TV deal. We'll talk about that in a minute, Saudi Arabia. And um, uh, not a lot else on this. Basically, just you know, not not much on new on, on raw rights, but the same thing: robust interest and all the buzzwords and all that. Uh, the company announced a WrestleMania week schedule for uh, April. Uh, Ricochet and Fallon Henley were both placed in concussion protocol. I don't believe due to an accident happening at the same time. And then uh, Carmella and Corey Graves welcome the birth of a baby boy. Thoughts about any of that? Um, the Jade Cargill uh, comments by Triple H kind of. I think it speaks to just like where they want her to be. Right. I think they see big things for her and they don't want to necessarily debut her too early. But at the same time, you know, the way they were rolling her out, it definitely felt like they were planning to. And then they're like, oh, um, you know, maybe she needs a little more work. But it felt like that was a, supposed to be a snipe at AEW. Didn't she work with the Nightmare family? Like, mm-hmm. isn't that where she trained? Which would be then a snipe at Cody Rhodes. <laughs> like I, I felt like that was a bit interesting. Um, obviously on my behalf, since I cover Stardom and Joshi, Julia is a very interesting topic to me. Uh, she is someone that three years ago I saw and said that's probably the next Io Shirai for WWE. Like mm. the 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 Joshi wrestler that you know, I think leaps out of just Joshi into popularity. You know, you're starting to see it slowly more and more. You know, ESPN just said she tied EOS Sky for second in women's wrestler of the year behind Rhea Ripley, for example. So like she's getting momentum. And I I, I totally understand why WWE and Triple H and whoever is making those calls see her and are interested in her. Um, I know that we're still months away from that really being a possibility, but um, for someone that you know does what I do, it would cause a lot of change <laughs> if she were to uh, head to WWE, which I definitely uh, would not rule out anytime soon. Yeah. Do you? Uh, why do you think that this story came out like a week or so ago? About uh, maybe it was two weeks ago. About uh, WWE. Essentially, AEW. It's either. Staying in Japan or WWE mm. for that, there's no AEW interest. Um, do you think that's yeah. she just is there something she just doesn't like there, or is it a case of I can't imagine they wouldn't be interested in her? So what what's yeah. your what's your sense of what's going on there? Yeah, so from from some you know some things people said, I believe uh, Ibu of Wrestle Purist had said on a podcast that Tony Khan wasn't like sold on Julia necessarily 
Um, and then that report from comes out that it's WWE or Japan. Um, I think ultimately it'll maybe just come down to money and interest more than anything else, which, you know, if anyone that follows Japanese wrestling, the yen is obviously down. That's something that many people have been talking about a lot lately, um, especially after, you know, the likes of Osprey and, and, you know, potentially others are leaving Japan and signing with AEW, for example. Um, I think it comes down more to just, she sees the success of an Io Shirai, Io Sky, sorry, um, Kyrie, Asuka, and that's, I think that's what she wants if she's coming to the U.S. I think she wants that level of success. She wants to maybe be on the biggest stage. Um, and I, I think that could be it more than anything. I'm sure AEW has the right scouts and people looking. They, you know, they just signed Mariah May. Mm-hmm. She came from stardom. So I, I don't think they're completely blind necessarily to uh, Julia. I think it might just come down to wanting to follow the footsteps of someone like an EO if that's where she ultimately goes. Makes sense. All right, go over the uh, second chunk of news here. Uh, Warner Brothers scrapped the long-awaited Coyote versus Acme John Cena film. However, the film days later was potentially saved following a backlash to that news. So we'll see where that movie ends up. Uh, Cena underwent surgeries on both arms and received permission from the Screen Actors Guild before making his return. We learned about that. And obviously with the uh, strike ending, he's heading back or already headed back because um, that was wrapped up, I believe, in, in November, if I remember right. Uh, Santos Escobar turned heel, attacked Rey Mysterio on SmackDown, which led to Rey Mysterio undergoing successful knee surgery. Uh, so he worked on that an angle there. He'd been working her for months before having it. So he's on the shelf for quite some time. Asuka, she just mentioned, she aligned with Damage Control on SmackDown. The company announced a special tribute to the Troops edition of SmackDown. Uh, instead of kind of the one-offs that they had been doing in the past, J.D. McDonough officially joined Judgment Day on Raw. The Rock explained how his surprise WB return happened in Boulder, Colorado, uh, or, or in Denver, Colorado, rather. I mean, it's crazy how this happened, because literally he found out that Raw was happening that night, and he just called Nick Khan and said, I'm coming. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that's yeah. that's, how the, that's how everything turned out. So pretty easy to do that when, uh, when you're The Rock. Uh, company and Panini reach a settlement in their train card lawsuit. Backlash heading to France for the very first time in May. SmackDown taking place in Germany for the first time ever, of course, leading into that uh, the Bash of Berlin or whatever it's called. That PLE it's heading over there. Uh, the company announced a partnership with uh, College Football's Big 12 Conference for the Big 12 Championship game. WB and the Rotunda family launched a new Bray Wyatt merchandise collection to honor the late Bray Wyatt. Maddie Renkowski uh, was believed at sign with WB and later verified that she was. Triple H says, WWE doesn't take our fan base for granted. That's a good quote. That was something that I think Vince McMahon took mm-hmm. <laughs> took the opposite approach of for a long time. <laughs> uh, Nikki Garcia, former uh, Nikki Bella, said the company omitting her name from a Barmageddon ad. I think it's a show on, um, no, it's a Spike TV. God, it sounds USA. so old sync. Yes, something, yeah. Uh, said it was sad that her name was omitted from the ad for that show, Alexa Bliss welcomed the birth of a baby girl. Roman Reigns versus LA Knight was not planned for the Royal Rumble. Of course, that ended up happening at the Crown Jewel instead. And then uh, Cody Rhodes uh, declared for the Rumble the first entrant. And a former TNA order, Dixie Carter, was backstage at Raw. Uh, no doubt with a Panda Energy t-shirt or something like that. Thoughts about any of that, Scott? I love that uh, WWE has decided to do the international PLEs. Yeah, I think it's been such a great decision for them, right? We saw it with uh, even Backlash Puerto Rico, 
um, Clash of Castle in 2022. I think it's just great to see them expand those. And I think Peacock has really given them the freedom to do that, right? They're not necessarily always going on pay-per-view, so they're happy to live stream those. I think that's my favorite part about what WWE has done this year is the international pay-per-views and the international field because I just I think it just adds so much when these crowds that finally get these big shows get to watch them. You know, I think that we saw it with All In too. Um getting the big 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 stadium shows is always a lot of fun. I know they're not all stadium shows. I, I think only Elimination Chamber is actually the stadium show in terms of the international shows. But uh I, I like that WWE's doing that. I think it's great. And uh yeah that triple H comment. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't talk enough about uh, backlash in Puerto Rico. That fan base was so that was so fun to watch, just because they were yeah. so into it. And that's, I, and for people listening to the series, they've heard me say this before. Just when you see fans getting that into something, so passionate about something, it, you at home you're watching it like this is the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. This is like you feel it. You don't you, other you know yeah. most times we watch so often, especially watching weekly TV. It's you know a lot of fans kind of just sitting like this and you know whatever. Yeah. But you have those people that are going nuts for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Savio Vega appeared and they were just like, like they're losing their mind. I mean, that's, that's when it's fun. That's when it's really fun. Bad Bunny versus Damien. Oh my God. Yes. The pinnacle of like (laughs) everything, just like from the entrances to the, to the match itself. Like that was so, it was so much fun. That was great. It was absolutely great. All right. Let's flip to, uh, across the street, AEW. Well, that's some ring of honor stuff in here as well. And, uh, AEW, they had their big event uh, of the month being full gear. Right, thirteen thousand people in attendance for their, uh, I would say their their quarter, not even their quarterly pay per view anymore, because obviously you have uh, Worlds Collide coming up. But yeah, it used to be one of their big four. So yeah, and uh, a few different uh, things happening in the show. So yeah, Julia Hart winning the TBS title, uh, a little bit of a surprise there in a three way. Will Osprey was revealed as uh, the new signing, the uh, the big new signing, signing a multi year AEW contract, and uh, came out and did his in ring promo uh, as part of this and very clunkily described about when he was going to be able to start, you know, his new <laughs> Japan runs get like, just keep it short and sweet. You know, because it, it left yeah. more people kind of few confused as to what the deal was. But uh, anyway, uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho defeating the young bucks who earn a future AEW tag team title match. MJF successfully t- defended his world title in the main event uh, against um, Jay White. Of course, there was a big show long storyline after the, uh, the attack by the guns, after uh, he and um, Samoa Joe defend the Ring of Honor tag team titles against the Guns in the pre-show, hurt his knee, and uh, Adam Cole made his on-screen return, and he was going to defend uh, the world title on MGF's behalf, even though his you know broken ankle and foot and all that stuff. And MGF, you know, perfect time wrestling timing is just the most amazing thing. The ambulance, he stole the ambulance, came right back in at the exact moment he had to. He hit his cue, uh, perfect like that. Uh, no words, any charges for stealing ambulance. I don't know if you know, Tony <laughs> Khan paid him off or anything like that. But uh, yeah, successfully found the world title against Jay White. There was a lot of discussion about that whole storyline. We'll chat about that in a second. Tony Storm uh, winning the women's title uh, at the event. Of course, timeless Tony Storm. That era begun, uh, began rather. And then uh, afterward, the spot that MJF, MJF did, he uh, diving elbow drop that was supposed to be on the table to Jay White. Jay White on the table on the outside of the ring. The table wouldn't collapse, or the table collapsed early. He just said, screw it, put him on the floor, jump from the top, and screw up his hip and his shoulder. And uh, dealing with a torn labrum. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, as a result of this, but yeah, not good for MJF, but he uh, got it through it. 
and uh, defended his title there. But yeah, this was uh, in Los Angeles at the Forum. Uh, again, uh, nearly 13,000 people there. Uh, you know, newsworthy in terms of title change and things like that. I, you know, I think that the, a lot of the talk after this was, did they need to do this show long story of MJF? I can see in your face right now. You're like, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't really care for it either. Um, I don't know. I don't think anyone really thought that Adam Cole was going to defend the AW world title, or if that was enough of a thing where they think he's going to lose it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's going to start something or so that's what I was kind of like, maybe there's going to be some sort of like the ankle wasn't broken the whole time. I, I don't know. There was just something I'm like, well, maybe they're leaning toward this, but in the end it was just a long MGF and Jay white match and it was fine, but I, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really love this. What were your thoughts about this? And then the whole show in general, the, the show long angle to ultimately just get to the 30 minute main event completely threw me off from the 30 minute main event. I, I just remember sitting there watching the match, and I'm just like, I don't understand why we we why we did all this. <laughs> like I could not, I could not stop myself from thinking about that. So I think it definitely affected the match because, you know, I'm sitting there. And I was like, well, there's no way the the injured wrestler who makes his heroic return after all that is losing either, right? Like, I I think sometimes in wrestling, this isn't, and I I saw some people want try to say this was just a mjf thing this isn't just an mjf thing this is in the history of wrestling sometimes people like to get a little bit over bored with certain stories to try and make something better and ultimately it does not it does not work out that way and that was how i felt about this entire match and story i just feel like jay white and mjf could have had a great main event match they had the story throughout the month or two months, really. They had a long time building this match yeah. as opposed to some, you know, pay-per-view main events in AEW. Uh, like, they had a long time. So that's why I think the story really messed me up. I was like, I don't know. We we got there. Everything was good. And like you said, no one thought Adam Cole was going to wrestle. The guy, Especially when he walks out there with the boot on, no gear, right? When Because they got, they got to the... Even as the bell was about to ring, they got to that point, and then Adam Cole's like dressed up, you know, like I am right now, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, doing this podcast. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see like where the Adam Cole stuff does go when he's able to come back, but for now, it just seemed like an extra limit. And the, the devil had nothing to do with it as well, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Uh, just seeing that that was a bit that was the story then, it's, you know, it's a story now too. Uh, but it was really the story then, and you almost forgot it even happened. Yeah, yeah, that I forgot about the devil part. Yeah, there was no, there was nothing at all. No. And yeah, this is the you know the in ring action was uh was solid to great as always. I don't think that's ever going to be a question on AEW pay per views. But yeah, this was the first one where. It felt there was just kind of a little, again, with this whole thing, it was like a little bit, eh. But it just, there were people, they weren't, they weren't into it. They weren't into that storyline. And, and yeah, this is, uh, it's interesting to see how, you know, with all the changes there's been, um, there's a, definitely a feeling, and I would share this, that it is leaning more towards WWE style presentation with a lot more comedy, a lot more stuff. The in ring hasn't suffered, I don't think, but there's still just, it just feels like a, a a shades of WWE, which when it first started, the, the yeah. traction for me and I think so many others, 
but that's different because we yep. want to watch WWE. We just watch WWE and we <laughs> want something different. Right. And yeah. it just, I don't know. It just felt, it just felt too, uh, the whole MJF, um, uh, Bay facing. I, I was, it, it's been hard for the longest point to really kind of get fully invested in it. Cause it feels like mm-hmm. there's some kind of like something that's going to happen. Like he's going to flip back. And I wonder if how badly the, the coal injury threw off yeah. the timeline. And I also wonder, um, I, yeah, I, I, they just said, okay, we're just going to go full baby face. And it just like, I, it makes him seem so weak. It does. You know, he's just, he's on all the time. And this feels like complaints we had about WE a couple of years ago, where it's just like, they're just, they keep just pushing and pushing too much stuff and don't let it breathe. And you have this restless roster and other things to kind of do some stuff but i feel same time the same thing with the tony storm at times where mm-hmm. it's too much of a good thing especially early on yeah. and that there there's some good stuff here but it's like when it's every every week it just loses it a little bit loses that specialness and that kind of that shelf life but um what have you thought about the the mjf i guess face turn and, and how things have been going i always believed he was going to be this great baby face and i feel like we saw it at the beginning when he like fully embraced it, right? The Adam, yeah. the start of the Adam Cole story was, it was so over, it was so good, and I think you're absolutely right. I think the Adam Cole injury has sent us down the path of we don't know where to navigate now, and we're just kind of we're trying we're gonna keep throwing things at the wall and see what sticks, <laughs> right? Like, especially you know post the pay per view, it's like. They're trying so many different stories with him. We even got that heading into this pay-per-view, right? Wardlow had wanted to wrestle MJF. Samoa Joe had started his story about wanting to get back at MJF. The de- the devil exists and Jay White. And it's like, why are you doing so much at once? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's better to focus, right? It's better to focus in and let him tell one story as a babyface, something he hasn't been doing his whole career, right? He hasn't been a whole babyface. So let him navigate through that with just Jay White. And then you add the stuff at the pay-per-view where it's like, oh, you're injured here. And then he, you know, gets actually injured during the match in other places because of the the elbow drop. And I think the, did he get hurt on the... Um, over the t- the top rope cutter that he hit to the floor. I oh think yes, said. yes, I believe he got hurt there too. Yeah, he got banged up pretty bad in this. Yeah, yeah, while selling the leg from the mm-hmm. injury earlier in the night, and it's like, oh man, this guy. He, he now he has three injuries. He has four feuds. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And I, I'm with you. You can't fully invest. I think, especially when you don't know which story to follow, to like want to cheer him on against the bad guy per se. And that, I, I kind of felt that way, especially when we were going into the show. But they took everything else away, like I said, right? The devil was never heard of on this show. Yeah. And also, during the month, we had the announcement of yet another tournament. Uh, tournaments, battle royals, those are two of Tony Khan's favorite things. Mm-hmm. And we had a Continental mm-hmm. Classic tournament. And Brian Danielson, despite earlier in the month, it was he underwent surgery for a broken orbital bone. He was out until later in the year. was announced as the first entrant into this tournament. So, so much for uh, a long stretch off and in kind of, you know, the classic style of these, you don't really know all the details up front, kind of get trickled out. And eventually we learned that a brand new title was going to be created out of this, which was the Continental, uh, Continental Championship, I guess. And that uh, uh, it was going to be part of this Triple Crown 
uh, presentation. We don't know what the Continental title is going to look like. That's one that's being covered up as part of the New Japan Strong. That title, the Ring of Honor World title, and then this AEW title, part of this new Triple Crown. Um, I, you know, I, I think like I think a lot of tournament fatigued fans. So it's kind of like another another tournament. But I will say that, uh, and we learned about all the competitors and all the tournament the format. I think this tournament's been really positive for them. Yeah. I think it's yeah. been really good. The fact that there's no interference, you know, shorter shorter matches, you know, twenty minutes, whatever, like that. And I think that the big the most important thing, and I think something's been missing from AEW a lot in its first five years, is we see a lot of different matchups in a short amount of time. There's been so mm -hmm. long where they kept so many guys apart, and it, it's caused, I mean, look at, we never got a Punk Omega match. We never got a, it was so limited in some of these things because guys get hurt, guys get dead, whatever. Um, and we're seeing all these different combinations of not just, you know, lower end guys, those are kept at a minimum, but higher end guys. We got to see yeah. Moxley and Strickland already. We got to see Moxley and Jay White, Moxley and Roosh. We got to see on the other side, you know, the Kingston Danielson rematch. We're going to get to see that again uh, this week. We're going to see, you know, there's just so many like different iterations of things we've seen that it's been, it's felt fresh and it's felt new. I think Brody King has been super elevated by this as well. It's let these guys like do this. This is like, this is why the AEW alternative to me is so much, it's such a positive. You're not going to see this in WWE. You're going to see tournaments, but not around Robin style like this. And you know, people complain about the, it's bad faith when people complain about, oh, people aren't going to be able to figure out the, the tournament numbers, all the the points and all this stuff. It's like, you're just trying too hard. Like, just let it be, you know? I, I don't know. Like, um, anyway, I thought this tournament is a, is a positive and uh, I assume it's going to go come back next year. Uh, sounds like it will. How they do the whole formatting with the, it's going to be a, a number one contendership for this title or the title is going to go up on the, again, kind of a yearly thing. Um, but I mean, overall, again, at the beginning of this, there was some skepticism because another tournament, another title, but this turned out, I think it's been a, a huge positive as we you know close the tournament out this week. Yeah, I think you were absolutely right. The continent, you know, we were talking about before this and how AEW had a lot of WWE, stuff right a lot of wwe antics a lot of wwe stories kind of things that people were trying to get away from when they became AEW fans right that's why the being being the other promotion was a good thing and i feel like the continental classic has brought them back to that being different um being the alternative, you know, bringing kind of the Japanese style. And, you know, maybe that is why people are a little tired of tournaments because, you know, Japan runs there. They run a lot. They run a lot of tournaments that all just kind of ended over the past couple months. But AEW was able to keep their TV fresh by using this tournament. And, like, I think the perfect bar of was this a success was really what you said. We got to see matchups that you otherwise may not see until like a year from now, right? right? Moxley and White, Moxley and Swerve. Swerve pretty much with everyone, it felt like, yeah. right? Because Swerve was coming off the heels of that Hangman match. And instead of like waiting to see what his next story was, he was right into it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he was supposed to become a babyface overnight, but he kind of has. Um, I've noticed with with within that tournament, uh, people are cheering for him rather than, um, you know, certain other guys. Though Mark Briscoe, I think, was the only one that really challenged him in that front, um, just because of what his natural ability. But even the even so, 
it gave fans a chance to tune in every week and you promise great wrestling with AEW every week anyways, but there's something about a tournament that I think just raises the stakes, raises the excitement levels. And if this is something to look forward to at the end of every year, that's certainly a good thing for AEW. Yep, I agree. I agree. That was really positive. We'll see what that concludes this week. So let's go oh, through. Uh, yeah, go ahead. One last thing. Uh, Brian Danielson's nuts, out of his mind. Yes. Uh, just, this guy This guy has to face Okada in January, and he said, you know what? I'm going to do six tournament, five, six tournament matches. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine while I already have a broken orbital bone. I'm all good. Yeah. Uh, just an uh, absolute madman. <laughs> uh, it's, it's scary to think where AEW would be without him. You know, yeah, yeah. Him and Moxley, the two I always go back to. Like, where would they be without these two guys? Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have to see. Yeah, talking about um, yeah, like the Blue League. We have to see Brian Danielson against all these different combinations of guys, too. And yeah, this was this was this was good. It's been really good, and I think it's been a, a positive that they needed. So uh, hopefully, more of this. Um, all right, let's go over this first chunk of stuff here for uh, the rest of the month in AW Ring of Honor. Uh, Sting, what originally considered December. For his retirement, but uh, decided to go with March instead. Uh, Cody Rhodes said his last match at AEW offered was actually against him. We could have seen that. Who knows? Uh, Mogul Embassy regained the ROH six-man titles on Dynamite, ending the strange, like, nothing run of the Young Bucks and uh, Hangman Page for no real reason. Tony Khan had a big announcement, and the uh, announcement was that all in, to that, all in tickets were going to be going on sale in the uh, first part of December. Um and then uh, the company, Lee Laraville, will be the company's only England show in the entire year. I am fascinated to see if they do any other UK shows. He specifically said England, so he could do other stuff during that time. I'd be surprising if he doesn't go over there and do something just because they're over there. But I said that last year and was surprised, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. I, I think, I think, I, uh, I don't think, I know I'm already tired about hearing about all-in ticket sales already <laughs> and all-in, like, yeah. Like they focus so heavily on that, and yet you know, World's End isn't sold out. Like you see it in the background on on the video boards, and it's and it's a show that I mean I don't know I'm not I think most people probably have decided domestically if they're going to, if they're going to fly over. So I don't know what the need is to if they're going to change their mind. You have eight months next year. You have months and months and months to to build up and really kind of do the hard push. I don't know why they're not trying to push you know World's End yeah. buy tickets and things like that, which is more realistic mm-hmm. i'm just i like i don't need to hear tickets on sale i understand like i get it <laughs> we've got a long <laughs> yeah lifetime to go before we get there uh let's see paul white returned to the ring for a aw dynamite street fight gets slammed off the top of a of uh some sort of uh some sort of large uh structure onto a car <laughs> just the guy's crazy uh drillistico signed a contract aw rick flair officially signed a, a it was called the monthly year contract with AEW runs for two years, but Tony Khan later said it was the contract actually is with Wu Energy, who is covering essentially the, the cost of a flare and all that stuff. So they don't have to pay him anything. I don't know how much I believe of that, but you know, take it, uh, take what it's worth. Uh, Dan Housen was set to make his return. Jim Ross, I swear this is not a, a repeat from a previous month, taking a few weeks off AEW programming to heal. Had a lot of problems this year. Uh, Samoa Joe, they just simply vacated the ROH TV title on Dynamite. A survival of the fist match was announced to determine the new champion at final battle. Uh, Mariah May, you just mentioned her, signed with AEW, debuted on Dynamite. Still has not had her in-ring debut yet. I don't know if it's going to happen at World's End or what the deal is, but we're still 
end of in December. We're still waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, reportedly, uh, a report came out that Tony Khan later confirmed that a CW executive approached Tony Khan about making a deal for Ring of Honor to come to their network in 2022. And Tony Khan later said that uh, the deal did happen. The uh, talk did happen. He was a very nice guy he talked to in Los Angeles, but uh, he was he really wants to combine these two uh, AEW Ring of Honor the next TV rights deal. I don't see that happening because nothing has happened. Um, the bunny removed from the AEW roster page. Apparently, her her year her run has come to end. The opt injured bunny. Uh, Grand Metalik refused to lose on Rampage, so his match was pulled. <laughs> Chris Jericho filed the trademark the Jericho era. Uh, NJF credited as an executive producer of the Iron Claw, despite appearing on screen for about uh, 30 seconds or so, for those that have seen the movie. And uh, Brian Cage and Melissa Santos welcome the birth of their baby boy. So I know you have some thoughts about some of that stuff. The uh, Grand Metal League thing got me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot this month. A lot of signings, a lot of departures. Um, I think with Mariah May, she is someone that, I understand the slow rollout, right? You're you're trying to introduce her to fans. Um but nothing to me gets someone over more than actually getting to wrestle. I, I that's always been my opinion. Crazy, uh, crazy. Especially especially in AEW. Cuz I think that's, you know, that's their token is the wrestling. Um so I'm hopeful she wrestles soon, but I think she was a great signing for AEW. It seems like they're really interested by her right she has weekly spots on television so you know you'll take that especially with you know the the ups and downs of this women's division over the pat the year um i think drillistico is a nice uh a nice thing to do for roosh uh <laughs> you know they're brothers mm-hmm. I, when, when he was signed that's how i thought uh but yeah the roh one with CW, that's that's the one that jumps out to me. Wanting to pair them together, I get, is, you know, maybe to make a little bit more dough. But don't be afraid to. For me, it's don't be afraid to sell this show here and sell that show there, right? They have ultimately four shows, including Honor Club with Ring of Honor. I think if Ring of Honor was on TV, that obviously would mean, you know, probably a little bit more effort in the shows. Um, ultimately, that's not going to come now because CW went and got NXT. But it just, it, it confuses me. I don't I don't know if it, you feel the same way, but I just feel like the way of handling these TV deals, if if there's interest in Ring of Honor, I'm just, I'm just getting money for it because mm. I don't, I, I highly doubt a streaming service is getting you all the money you you would hope for consistently because you know those those subscribers can go at any time yeah yeah i don't uh, if wd wbd we'll see how that whole situation turns out but i mean yeah if they were going to take ring of honor they would have done ra or they would have put on one of their other networks so why all of a sudden would they take it now in this next round of deals yeah and, and you also there's loyalty but you also you know wb has loyalty to an extent with nbc universal and other partners that they deal with, but you also are, are getting building relationships with people at other networks, and that's a good mm-hmm. thing to have. So you have leverage, and you have more people. And yeah, I mean, if you're getting some sort of money, um, that's certainly not a not a bad thing. I, I assume if they had taken the deal that uh, 
uh, NXT guy, which we'll talk about in a second. You know, if they've taken that, I mean, that's 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 good money. <laughs> that's good money, yeah. guaranteed money for a certain amount of time in a network that's, you know, it's a, it's a top 20. And I, I don't know, it just, yeah, it's kind of weird. I guess we'll see kind of where things turn out. But yeah, not even considering it uh, or really kind of taking it to, to heart is uh, surprising. Yeah, very surprising. It is. It is. I, I just think money is money yeah at the end of the day right for yeah it was especially with the tv deals coming up but hopefully hopefully it works out yeah the craziest thing you said is you know mariah may being in the ring and actually be in, of interest you know what i mean like <laughs> it's crazy they just they think this is going to build this excitement just having her do the tony storm do you do you predict do you think her debut is going to be before the end of the year with four no. days left to go <laughs> no i don't i think yeah. i think first dynamite maybe of the new year, yeah, yeah, because there's already the two women's title matches on World's End, so unless they and the collision's not happening, so yeah, and I I hope they wouldn't put it on Rampage. Yeah, <laughs> watch, be, watch. it's gonna get bad. announced tonight. Like it's gonna be on Rampage. Uh, oh, let's go through the rest of the month here. Uh, Kota Bushi officially uh, signed with AEW. Got the all week graphic, even though about two months prior, even the summertime, he eventually had signed some sort of deal. Uh, Tony Khan said All In did over 200,000 pay-per-view buys, and 2023 was their best revenue year to date, uh, thanks to all the, the pay-per-views. Uh, Ronda Rousey made her debut for Ring of Honor, a tag team match, and I talked about this in an earlier show. Uh, it was brought up to me just how much of a nothing thing Ronda Rousey is now in wrestling. Like, it's just not a big deal at all. It's just like she's there, and it made, like, zero difference. It's insane. One of the biggest was a, one of the biggest sports stars in the world when she was in the UFC like five six years ago, and now it's this. It's just amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. Uh, Juice Robinson reportedly injured, or he definitely was injured, and was going to require back surgery. They keep him out for quite some time. They revealed that Revolution would take place in March in Greensboro, and really great ticket sales so far for that Sting's retirement match. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello welcome birthday, baby girl. Uh, MJF versus Samoa Joe two for the world title set for World's End, despite MJF working through a torn labrum. Now, Luchasaurus is given a new name, Kill Switch, by Christian Cage on an episode of Dynamite, and he managed to forget the name the following week, <laughs> uh, which is uh, kind of funny. Uh, Dan Housen made his return to TV, as I mentioned. Dante, Dante Martin returned to TV as well after a long absence due to a pretty horrific uh, ankle injury. Ethan Page, officially a resident of the United States. Speaking of the Young Bucks, we talked with them a few minutes ago. Uh, their departure, or uh, angle, whatever you want to call it, was made... Apparently, it's going to be part of some sort of repackaging. They uh, trademark KTB Wrestling, Killing the Business Wrestling. So I don't know what is going to happen to these guys, but you know they got to get on it because this is just I don't know. This when you when you look at the equation of the the elite versus punk, and they resigned the elite, and you know you can't you couldn't account that Kenny Omega is going to get diverticulitis, but the Bucks have basically been non-existent. Um, you know I like Hamman Page, but he's finally kind of back in the mix, but he's just so on and off. And then you have, you know, Punko across the street, so to speak, and and uh, is one of the hottest things, one of the hottest companies. Just it's a weird, weird situation there. Uh, being the elite, yeah. all done as part of this. No plans for the show to return. However, being the Dark Order made its debut on YouTube. I can't say as I saw that episode. Uh, Wheeler Yuta won the Ring of Honor Pure Title in the episode of Rampage. Adam Copeland challenged Kristen Cage to a, a TNT title match in Montreal. We'll talk more about that next month. QT Marshall. Announced he was officially resigning from AEW, and his uh, departure wasn't a secret internally. And AEW filed a trademark for East-West Express, and we still don't know what that means yet. Thoughts on any of that? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where to start? Um, 
I guess I guess the Kota Ibushi aspect is always funny, right? Because he did say, I think on Twitter, was it not that he had a contract with yes. Yes. AEW and they just ignored that for months? Um, it seemed like he's gonna do both Japan and AEW, but good for him, I guess. But it, the Young Bucks topic that is the one that I definitely want to talk about because you're absolutely right. Uh, looking at looking at where we are now, right between the CM Punk and Elite stuff, it it it's it's mind boggling to me how little the Young Bucks have done this year. Ultimately, like not just these past few months, it feels like they haven't done a lot. Um, I know they, I know they wrestled FTR and all in, and I know they were part of the elite story uh, against BCC, but it just feels like a missed year for them. And and the reason I say that is because you know you talk, you hear about tag team of the year, and I'm not hearing the Young Bucks. That that tells me everything I need to know, right? That was their award for a decade, essentially. Um, and I think, I think AEW desperately needs them to help respark this up and down tag team division that I confidently say has the best tag teams in the world up and down on this roster. It just feels like, uh, it just feels like they're doing too little for, uh, for a duo that just resigned, mm-hmm. right? just resigned over the summer and i think that's just crazy to me and like you said punk's over in the other company that's red hot and he he feels red hot he's selling all the merch and stuff like that uh yeah the young bucks need to get back sooner rather than later and i i'm sure the golden jets you know kenny omega stuff with the diverticulitis is not helping that now i'm sure they've had to push off maybe their initial plans because they were probably going to be involved one way or the other. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right in that it it doesn't really make sense what's going on with the elite after signing these big money deals. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, we'll we'll see how this whole return thing uh turns out. I don't know. Killing the business. We need something. That's right. That's right. All right, we'll go through uh, the month of NXT. Uh NXT, uh, the company, of course, announced a new TV deal with the CW. It will kick off in 2024. Five years, $25 million per year is what was estimated, though not announced. Shawn Michaels invited Joel Embiid to NXT. As, uh, Joel Embiid got fined due to a crotch chop <laughs> deadline for December taking shape. Iron Survivor matches. We had uh, several uh, legends uh, kind of getting involved in making announcements for the qualifying matches and so on. Mick Foley, Lita, JBL, and Jerry Lawler. Uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Baron Corbin. Title match was set for deadline. And Wesley earned a North American title shot, although he would not make that date, and we'll talk more about that in December. Uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax regained the NXT Tag Team titles. Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes made return appearances. Braun Breaker and Kalani Jordan qualified for the Iron Survivor. Nikita Lyons, the injured Nikita Lyons, appeared in the crowd on NXT, and she would soon return to in-ring action. And the company revealed that Vengeance Day uh, will be coming to Clarksville, Tennessee in February. Your thoughts about any of that? NXT is an odd brand. <laughs> that's that's always my takeaway with NXT. They have, but I think they're doing a lot of things right with their young talent. Is you know giving them these reps. Um, in terms of all of that, I mean, I know Wesley's next month, but it's a shame that he came back and is immediately out again. It like 
it's unfair. Wrestling can be unfair sometimes, and he is one that has some bad luck right now. So I hope uh I hope he's able to come back sooner rather than later. Um it's good to see all these other wrestlers like you know, like Lions and others starting to come back and it feels like they're building towards the future now with the creeds moving up. It feels like, you know, Carmelo's next, you know, with his appearances on SmackDown and that's what NXT again should all be about, right? Once they're ready, they move on. And I don't even know if the creeds are ready, but they're making an impact on Raw and whatnot. So uh it, it's good to see NXT doing what they do. Um even even if I watch some of their shows, I'm like, ah, right. I don't I don't know <laughs> what that is. Uh was this the month that the Von Wagner segment aired? Uh with uh, Robert Stone? <laughs> that I don't it's very possible. House. Very possible. I think it was. And I just remember watching that. I was like, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. C, you know, we talked about the you know the CW deal. We talked about that a little bit uh during the AW segment, but yeah, uh CW appeals to a younger fan base, and that seems to be uh I wonder how much they'll lean into that and it'll turn into more of a show that we don't recognize, you know, like uh yeah. more people looking at phones or I, I I don't I just I think I think that show is gonna have a big change, uh even more so uh, at the end of next uh next fall when it moves over. More skits and less wrestling. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Sounds we all good. But we all love <laughs> um impact slash TNA, really kind of a, a lame duck end. Uh, to their uh, years, their focus is completely on next year. Basically, kind of abandoned their TV in a lot of ways because they're not doing any TV tapings and things like that. Because big switch for TNA here coming in a couple weeks. Uh, Scott Demore at the point at this point, uh, CM Punk had not signed, so the door is open for CM Punk and Impact Wrestling. There's a report out there that they had made a uh, a deal. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they looked at it, but you know, in the end, I don't think anyone really thought he was going to sign there. But at least they're trying. You know, they're doing something in the past they wouldn't. So. Uh, they're they're trying. Uh, Alex Shelley apologized for having to cancel any dates due to his uh, his calf injury. Hard to kill for January was taking shape. We had uh, Trinity versus Jordan Grace was made official for the Knockouts title. Uh, Shelley defending the world title against Moose. Uh, final resolution coming up at the end of December. Their final uh, big event under uh, the Impact banner. Uh, Grace and Trinity actually teaming up, and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel and other matches were taking place for that. Zack Sabre Jr.'s Impact debut was also announced for Final Resolution. Uh, TNA Wrestling uh, announced that they were heading back to Orlando, not heading to Universal Studios, however, but Osceola Heritage Park. Sad. Sad they weren't going there, but heading back to uh, the site of many an infamous uh, match in TNA history in the city of Orlando. Uh, reportedly, Mickey James was taking a break from Impact. Kenny King was granted his release from the company. And the company held uh, some TV tapings that were uh, going to round out the year here with Impact and uh, AAA and uh, and so on and so forth. So some of those, I believe, have already aired. So, yeah, nothing, you know, uh, Impact kind of, I would say, taking some months off. But their focus was get this contractual obligations out of the way for Impact. And just, let's let's get in this TNA era. They cannot wait to get those three letters back. And then, you know, just the floodgates yeah. are going to open. I don't know how it's going to work, but all eyes towards January and TNA. Yeah, they... Kind of crazy to see a promotion shut down almost, right? With two months left to go in the year. Um, Like, I know the end of the year is a quiet time, right? We see it with WWE. We see it not with AEW because they ran an entire tournament. But we see it with WWE every year, for example. And once they made that TNA announcement, they were like, all right, see you then. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember when they made the announcement, I was like, why aren't they just TNA now? 
Like, why didn't they just go fully? And clearly they want to make it the big event and the big, uh, the big buy, the big seller per se. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's very weird to see a company, like you said, shut down. I guess the newest thing that they've done is a new streaming service, but I think that was December that they announced that. So, uh, that defeats the purpose, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of signing, getting, they're getting all their, uh, roster in order, it seems, and just trying to make sure everyone's healthy almost before the new launch, which is exciting for them, but, um, they're getting there in the quietest way possible. Yeah, and they have two weeks to even after the calendar flips, they still have two weeks to go before Hard to Kill. They have no, they have. I mean, they have just like canned TV matches from months ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's January thirteenth is when this is uh, officially going to happen. So they still got. I mean, they have a solid two three weeks to go. <laughs> That's two um, TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should be kind of cresting towards it instead of just kind of flatlining. But yeah, we'll see what happens with TNA uh, in the months ahead. But we'll flip to a, uh, a a scene that you know very well, Japan, and we'll go through this list. Uh, WWE has announced that, or not announced, but uh, put out there that they had renewed interest because you got Okada. And mm. future, obviously, Okada's contract and many others coming up in February. We'll kind of see where all that turns out. Uh, New Japan announced Kevin Kelly's departure. Uh, Brian Danielson officially challenged Okada. Wrestle Kingdom 18. We had a power struggle event in Osaka, TJP, and Francesco Akira. Uh, winning the Super Junior Tournament Finals, and an injury prevented Brian Danielson from appearing live at the show, uh, the injury being his broken orbital bone, and that uh, he wasn't allowed to fly due to the pressure on his eye. Of course, that would not keep him from wrestling soon after, but, uh, you know, huh. Brian Danielson just built different. The uh, WrestleMania 18 card, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 18 card, rather, was rounding out. We had Takagi defending the Never title against Tamatanga, and Zack Sabre Jr. defending the TV title, set to defend the title against a president, now president, <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi. Imagine that. Uh, company announced they were, they were creating a new title to replace the IWGP US slash UK title now that uh, Will Ospreay holds. Rocky Romero said he was hoping to speak with Mercedes Monet maybe soonish and seeing what's going on there. And they said that uh, CM Punk working on New Japan show could be great for our product. No kidding. No kidding. We'd not see that. <laughs> we not see that anytime soon. Uh, company held their Lone Star Shootout event. Um, Moxley and Yuta uh, John Moxie, Will Yuta, of course, of AEW fame, defeating uh, Kenta and David Finlay. On that show, Chris Jericho defeated uh, Kanosuke Takeshita at DDT Ultimate Party. As a, a take on a, a spinoff here, I guess you could say, of their AEW feud. Uh, the new New Japan Young Lions were set to debut in November. The company revealed their teams for the World Tag League. Then that tournament kicked off. The Gates of Agony joined House of Torture at a World Tag League show. The King Pro Wrestling title changed hands at a New Japan Road event with uh, Taichi uh, taking the title over show. We had two stardom championships vacated due to injury. Tom Nakano and is it Natsupoi? Not, How do I put Natsupoi? Natsupoi. I was I was sweating that all day. Natsupoi <laughs> uh, was hurt. Uh, so the world, both world stardom title and the goddesses of stardom tag team titles were vacated. Will Ospreay, Okada, and others were announced for a battle in the Valley. And then Hiroshi Tanahashi set to face Zack Sabre Jr. in a pro wrestling Noah tag team match. So how about that? Uh, so yeah, this is uh, your realm. Uh, what stuck out to you about this month? Yeah, uh, I think Danielson's announcement not creating as much excitement as um, Omega returned in New Japan did from last year, right? They, they announced the matches around the same time. 
And I feel like a lot more people were a lot more excited for Wrestle Kingdom last year than they are this year. Mm. And I think the overall idea of Brian Danielson wrestling in the Tokyo Dome should be all the excitement you need. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just me being a Danielson fan and being a fan of like big moments like that. Uh, but I, I feel like that's something that I've noticed over the time. And he's fighting Okada of all people. And maybe it's because that match already happened, but this feels like their chance to kind of do do a do over, right? Because he broke his arm the last time they had that match and they wrestled for what 13 minutes with a broken arm, which is absurd. And again, like I said way earlier, Brian Danielson's a maniac. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, obviously on the stardom side of things, relinquishing all your belts, you know, two of two of your main three belts is not a good thing. They had a lot of injuries to close out the year. If you listen um, to anyone, that is a big deal. And we're we're a few days away from finally crowning a new world champion. It's been like a two month. They've they've essentially gone three months without a world champion. It's tough for uh, any company, especially a company like them that's kind of on the rise um, over the past couple of years. And yeah, also the uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Saber Jr. Um, stuff has a different image now. I think mm-hmm. uh, based off recent news, but I think that should be great. I think that should be a lot of fun that they're kind of doing the pro wrestling Noah stuff too. Uh, but yeah, Japan, Japan's kind of all waiting for the CRN stuff. So it's a little bit quieter than um, I think it will be in say a couple days. Where do you think we're recording this? Where do you think Okada will end up in say March? Where I think he'll think? still be in new Japan. You think so? Uh, yeah. I just like being the top guy in Japan, like in Japanese pro wrestling. I feel like that's just something you don't give up all of a sudden. <laughs> like he has all these sponsorship deals. Like I, I take that into account as well. Um, but it maybe he works some more US dates moving forward. You know, maybe there's kind of like a little bit of an agreement with AEW. Like, hey, we'll you know, we'll have him go over for a pay-per-view here and there. But if I'm New Japan, I'm doing everything in my power to keep him there's no one more important to that company than him yeah. and i'm saying that knowing that there's a new president that is part of the roster <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah i i can't uh i can't picture him in wwe um no. i don't know where he fits i think they have a pretty loaded roster as it is and to have mm-hmm. one of the best to ever do it just be one of the, the crew yeah i i don't i don't think they have that reverence for him that so many others do. Um, right. And AEW, they certainly have a packed roster as well. I think, to your point, maybe something where there's he wants to do. He, he also has a young family, right? So yes, yes, he does. He's, he's going to trans. Yeah, and his wife is. Um, is she more an famous than him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is. Okay, is she an actress or something like that? I believe so. I believe she's an actress who. Or model like, or something like I, that. I think she like sold out the Tokyo Dome as part of a band or something, singing or doing a show. Like, oh, there you I'm go. not totally sure, but I know she has had more tickets than the Tokyo Dome sold. Oh, good <laughs> for wow. one event. Which yeah. I was, yeah. She's 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 rather famous, so I just don't see him flying back and forth every week or something, right? Yeah. For for dynamite, or and just, if he goes to WWE, it's full time. Right. I can't. Yeah. I picture them moving to Orlando. You know, and be like, <laughs> yeah, this, this is our life. I just, I think sometimes people, it's kind of, I mean, 
anything is possible. I just think that's that's asking it's asking a lot of family. People think of a reverse as someone, you know, a very famous uh they say Tom Brady when he was with Giselle, right? Yeah. Picture that all of a sudden, yo, let's go play football in uh in London for you know a five year deal or like, you know, uh right. just something you know, like Germany for when you know the whatever. Like I just can't I just can't picture it, right? I think it's something no. the, the quality of life and young family and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I could see something where it does like more know more u.s states say that uh a one month thing over here that leads to you know with with aw yeah. or something like that I, I could see him if he wants to get more exposure just wants to have something different but yeah we'll uh yeah we'll see how that all turns out so uh we'll wrap up with uh the junk drawer a few things in here we'll run through this whole this whole list and i'll kick it over to you uh tammy sitch aka sunny sentenced to 17 years driving under the influence of manslaughter charges just an unbelievable end to it i don't know if it's fully over yet but uh, quite a story, quite a sad story there. Uh, Mercedes Monet uh, teased her return post video of in ring training. Of course, she hurt her ankle uh, earlier this year in uh, it was a Battle of the Valley, uh, or maybe an event after that when uh, the tournament with uh, Little Nightingale getting hurt during the match. But yeah, uh, teasing her return. I I think like many assume that she's going back to WWE and that she's going to be at the Royal Rumble. Uh, that's kind of my guess, just given everything that's happened. Uh, could be wrong. Uh, Gigi Dolan and Zachary Wentz announced their engagement, a merging of Impact and uh, NXT talent there. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Rob Van Dam was set for a big-time wrestling event as Riddle's uh, indie date starting to fill up a little bit post-WWE and what, no better fitting uh, tag team partner than Rob Van Dam. Uh, Sammy Callahan said the Ronda Rousey indie booking for Wrestling Evolver fell into his lap. Her and uh, Marina Shafir's Wrestling Evolver Unreal Opponents were revealed. It was uh, Athena and Billy Starks. Hangman Page attacks were Strickland at the show, of course, setting up their um, full gear match, which we didn't even mention in the full gear match, the uh, uh, the anything, uh, Texas death match, and the the blood dripping in the mouth. We didn't, all, all this stuff, we didn't even talk about that. But, yeah, that was uh, an insane match. But, yeah, this... Uh, Part of this angle happened at uh, Wrestling Revolver Unreal. Uh, reportedly, the NWA Samhain cocaine spot with Father James Mitchell could affect their TV deal with CW, and apparently it did. Uh, reportedly, <laughs> a talented grown freshman Billy Corrigan. There's reported out there NWA is expected to make roster and production cuts, which a lot of the stuff that uh, Corrigan has denied, but we'll see how things happen in 2024. Uh, eight episodes of Power did get added to the CW streaming app, but they were old episodes, and I have no idea if new ones are still going up there or not, but just a strange end of the year for uh, NWA. Uh, Sari signed a multi-year contract with Sukaban. Uh, Sukaban also revealed the date and card for their second event. Paul Walter Hauser, an actor who had uh, appeared in AEW and had his Golden Globe stolen, and I don't think he ever got it back, set to make his in-ring debut at Wrestling Revolver as well. Uh, MLW said it released Arez and Aramis back in May from their contracts. However, AAA did not inform them. That was a whole strange situation there. Alexander Hammerstone, after teasing that um, you know, he'd asked for his release and all these issues, ended up returning to MLW at Fightland and uh, joined the WTF faction. And he was also set to make his GCW debut in December. Uh, the Rock said that multiple political parties approached him to run for president of the United States. Let's Noy said that MLW shot down him appearing in a WB bloodline segment. PWG had given an update on the status of their promotion, essentially taking some time off the Super Dragon's wife uh, dealing with cancer. A lot going on there, so they were going to be putting haul on things uh, for quite some time. Uh, Satoshi Kojima said to face Tom Waller, MLW one-shot. 
Rocker Romero versus Mascara Dorada 2.0, a title versus title match set for that show as well. Andre El Idolo set to make his GCW debut in December. Imagine that. Uh, the Globe Theater was both set to be closing effective immediately and then also was going to remain open a few days later. I think now might be officially closed. A lot of uh, cross the signals on uh, what was going on with the, uh, the home of PWG and other wrestling in Los Angeles. Chris Hero made his official in-ring return at West Coast Pro Whiplash. Nick Hogan, brother, arrested for DUI in Florida, leaving uh, the Hulkster's uh, venue there. Vice and Seven Bucks Productions, the Rocks Company, pr producing the Mysterious Demise of WCW docuseries, huh. which I believe Dave and Dave and Brian and Wrestling Reserve Razor, what's so mysterious about Just <laughs> like the story's out there. We got to know what happened. And then uh, former WXW champion, Absol Andy, passing away at 40 years old. There's a few things there. Thoughts? Uh, what sticks out to you? Ah, Tammy Sitch, what a sad, sad life that it ended up being for her. Um, it had to happen, obviously, because of what she did. But man, I, I, I anytime like us, it's kind of timing, you know, very different stories, but like tragic stories in pro wrestling. This is another one of them. Um, and, it, it's a shame like so much of her life just went this way and it, it makes you question what if she did this and not this and, you know in her entire life and it, it's just so sad but it again like I it's what had to happen because of what happened ultimately I'm saying happened a lot um it, it makes me sad it just makes me sad to see anyone in pro wrestling or in life go down a road like she did. Um, so that's the top one. Uh, Mercedes Monet, like you said, I think she's going back to WWE. I, I think just at this stage of the game, I don't like the, the rumors have said that like the AEW stuff isn't, doesn't look to be happening. Maybe it was once, but no one really knows, right? Mercedes Monet kind of feels a lot. It feels more mysterious than CM Punk these days, and I never thought that would have been possible this, for someone to be more mysterious than CM Punk, uh, because I don't think anyone knows for sure. But I'm with you. I think WWE at this stage, especially with the Royal Rumble right around the corner, you automatically, you, you know, you kind of, if you if you've been a wrestling fan long enough, that's where you start to point for someone to turn up, especially if her star power and with Charlotte Flair now injured, it sure does feel like they would be more so looking for that star power to help fill out the women's division. I think, um, I think WWE should probably make a big play for her if they haven't already. Um, as, as I've seen just based off of what she did this year, five matches or so, uh, she has a real, she has this huge group of fans that go with her everywhere and anyone should be wanting to get that plus what she brings to the table inside the ring. Um, and I think out of all of these, um, the mysterious demise in WCW, <laughs> like you said, there's not the mysterious. There's a few books about it, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can really help you. I thought uh, that was fun, but I'll watch it. Because Vice does make um, really solid docu series, but yeah, it, it, what a wild month! <laughs> I know, and it just happened last month. You know? I know, 
I know. Like I said to you before we went on air, this feels like it happened months ago. It it, it was a month ago. <laughs> yeah, that happens in wrestling. It's crazy, yeah. absolutely crazy. Well, yeah. So we got through all that, uh, a lot there to unpack. But uh, before we let you go, why don't we give you a chance to plug where people can see you and hear you, and uh, where they can check you out on a weekly basis. Easier for me. Yeah, so the floor is yours. Yeah, you can um, follow me on Twitter slash X, whichever you prefer to call it. I prefer to call it Twitter uh, at Scott E wrestling. Uh, that's the best place to find me. Uh, yeah. Weekly I'm on fight game. Media's network on any podcast platform doing my Joshi show, the five-star Joshi show. Um, this is kind of a big week. So if you want to get into stardom, it's their second biggest event of the year on Friday. Um, I'll be going live at 1 PM Eastern that day to talk about it so again if you're interested in that i also like you said do i i work over at fightful i do a lot of japanese wrestling coverage not just joshi um you know i do interviews with i've done interviews this year with people like sari Kyrie, um mariah may but you know before she became the big deal that i'm waiting for to wrestle uh <laughs> um yeah, so that's the best places to find me on a weekly basis. I also write for Wrestle Pierce, Voice of Wrestling, and other places. See, like I said at the beginning of the show, you do this for you did it for me a lot better than I can plug my own stuff. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. I like to uh, be the hype man for my guests. Always uh, yeah, get to get to the people that. easier to come back that time. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I also do uh, like a all topics podcast, Ring Post Radio. You can listen to that anywhere as well. Yeah, busy man. I like it. Well, Sky, I appreciate the time you spent me here today and going over the month of November. I'm sure I'll be back at some point in uh, 2024, which is coming up here in a couple of days. But yeah, uh, have a great, happy new year and uh, happy wrestling new year. And there's, there's no no stop. And yeah, we got, uh, got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. But uh, this has been great. Scott, thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Hope to Hope to be back. Thank you, Josh.